What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Geno Time Podcast here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We are brought to you by Bet Online. My name is Tom Westrom. I'm joined by Nicole Yang, Chris Gretham. Guys, we're going to talk quite a bit about Bradley Beal and about the rumors that are floating around regarding him and the Celtics and Jason Tatum and what the Celtics might give up for him and everything of that nature. Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report initially reported that Bradley Beal was considering his future essentially with the Washington Wizards. Jake also mentioned several teams that basically Beal would be amenable to a trade to if he does ultimately decide that he wants to ask the Wizards for a trade. Beal, of course, has one year left on his deal. The four teams on On Jake's report were the Celtics, the Warriors, the Sixers, and the Heat, all of whom have sort of mildly interesting trade packages. The Warriors can offer a couple of lottery picks that are pretty mid in this year's draft, as well as, you know, your James Wiseman's or whatever it might be. The Heat can offer Tyler Hero, and the Sixers can offer Ben Simmons. Kind of a lot to unpack. Uh, Zach Lowe on ESPN with Adrian Wojnarowski said that he does not believe essentially the Celtics will trade Jalen Brown for Bradley Beal. And Woj didn't say anything, but he did kind of vociferously shake his head and agreeing with uh, Zach Lowe. So neither of those guys think that Jalen is going to be on the table for Bradley Beal. So I'm just going to kind of leave it open-ended. Thoughts? Like you said, there's a lot going on there. I think based on the other teams involved, my two takeaways are one, if they are willing to part with Jalen Brown, Celtics have the best offer like by far and they should get the deal done. And two, you sort of have a James Harden dilemma on your hand in that if Bradley Beal goes to the Miami Heat, good luck. If Bradley Beal goes to the Philadelphia 76ers, still good luck. Like it's going to create a problem in the East. And there already are two problems in the East with the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks and obviously the Brooklyn Nets. It's just going to make the Celtics' life infinitely harder if Bradley Beal goes somewhere in the Eastern Conference. So I think they do have to consider that. And then, I mean, the last thing, it's sort of a given because we've talked about it so many times. You have to think that this shores up Jason Tatum's future. I just think Bradley Beal, if he does, in fact, resign, if they have some success, if they can keep them as a core together. And I mean, Grenham also tweeted out a screenshot of Tatum commenting on an Instagram that was like, he could get traded and Tatum comments a shamrock. Okay, like that's public. Jalen Brown can see that. Like other people, other teammates can see that. So we've, we've talked about whether Tatum's watching his words, fanning the flames. Tatum is out there with us fanning the flames too. There's a lot of things to consider here. And I think it'll be an interesting watch. I, I feel like he will end up getting moved. I feel like this stuff doesn't come out and the outcome ends up being he stays with the Wizards, but it's also to their advantage. I can't imagine he'll resign. So they might as well try and get something now. That Shamrock is, uh, that's U.S. Tatum's problem. This is Tokyo Tatum, and he's not worried about what U.S. Tatum has to deal with when he gets home in two weeks. So he's just letting the emojis fly in the comments. Yeah, I definitely agree with your point that this matters not only to help the Celtics roster, say they try to make a move to improve their own roster. It's very obvious, but they need to prevent this guy from going to the Sixers, from going to the Heat, from going elsewhere, because they already have a monumental climb within the Eastern Conference as it stands right now and that's only going to get harder if he gets moved to another one of those other potential contenders so they have to consider that that's an unbelievably important point I have a multitude of thoughts on this as a Wizards fan as someone who follows the Celtics closely we go through this every offseason it feels like with Bradley Beal is Bradley Beal going to stay is he not 
he has been very loyal toward the Wizards. He really has been. And he seems to have committed to Tommy Shepard time and time again. But it feels like it's been building to this where at some point he's going to be sitting with himself thinking, I don't think I can do this anymore. I think I need to move on, which is completely understandable. But it feels like this is that point. We're probably going to get some bigger news within the next couple of days before the draft. I think it's getting closer to inevitable. That's the one thing that Tom, I guess, omitted in his initial overview was that Beal acknowledged via report that he does have to come to this decision prior to the draft. So we will get it actually pretty soon with the draft being on Thursday. And that was one of my big takeaways. This is tough timing for the Celtics. Like this all being right now, it's a little too soon for them. Like there is a world where this all works out perfectly for the Celtics and they get to like, you know, cruise into having like a super team of some kind or, you know, whether it's like maybe this goes to the trade deadline and all of a sudden like the Wizards are really down, staring down the barrel of the gun and like Beal can put even more pressure on them saying like, I'm only going to resign in Boston, like whatever. There's a lot of areas where this works out. Coming out right now and having this all happen right now, it's tough for the Celtics. Like, because yeah, all of the things that you guys said, I think are exactly right. Like imagine having to deal with Bradley Beal and Joel Embiid. Imagine having to deal with Bradley Beal, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo. Like good luck. Those are tough teams in the Eastern Conference. That's not even getting to Brooklyn. And it's tough for the Celtics too, because like Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Bradley Beal could compete with Brooklyn. That's a really good squad. And like, if there was any way that you could get Bradley Beal without giving up Jalen Brown, all of a sudden you got a team. But from a timing perspective, it's really hard for the Celtics. Like this is just not when they wanted this to necessarily happen. And I mean, you could have seen it coming, obviously, with like this being the offseason, you know, before his contract is due. But I mean, just even like a couple more weeks probably would have helped them a little bit. It's, uh, it's happening very quickly, I, I would expect for the Celtics. Yeah, very quickly. And another thing that keeps popping into my head is how the market is going to evolve. And a lot of that really, really depends on what Tommy Shepard thinks of Ben Simmons. Say the Wizards do have serious, serious interest in Ben Simmons, which is totally possible. I, Who knows if they do? Ben Simmons is a very good defender. I don't want him on the Wizards, but that's just, I'm not Tommy Shepard. So say they do, there's a very good possibility that if the Celtics aren't willing to give up Jalen Brown, that becomes the best offer on the market. Conversely, though, if they are low on Ben Simmons, then maybe there is a world where the Celtics can construct a trade package. Like the Celtics do have other good assets other than Jalen Brown. Obviously, the easiest option here is Jalen Brown because you can probably do it one for one or something moderately close to that, like Jalen plus... Romeo or something. Jake Fisher's report in, in his report, he he said basically like it would, it would it was likely to cost Jalen Brown and like every available pick. And I was like, that I don't think that's gonna happen. That seemed very steep. Yeah, I think if you're getting Jalen Brown, you're getting the best young player that you could possibly get. <laughs> like that's <laughs> you take that one. <laughs> right. No, for sure. But maybe there is a world if they are low on Ben Simmons, if they are low on Tyler Hero, they aren't particularly enthused with who they could draft with the Warriors picks. They don't really like James Wiseman none of these players are a no-brainer like Jalen Brown so maybe there is a way where you can construct some sort of package involving whatever they want in terms of Robert Williams Marcus Smart Peyton Pritchard Aaron Neesmith Romeo Langford like whoever they like and then a bunch of first round picks like maybe there is some way where that does work out and maybe Beal does try and assert himself a little bit more in the negotiation by saying I want to be in Boston I'm not going to resign with whoever else and force his way like that seems unlikely like I don't think that's presented itself right now and there's not that much time for it to come to light but it's possible 
No, I, I think that's like here, here, the thing with that, Nicole, is that I, I like I agree with you. I think the one thing I think I think the concern from the Celtics perspective would be that my guess is the Wizards would make Jalen Brown the pressure point. Yeah, the Celtics could offer every pick under the sun and Aaron Neesmith and Robert Williams and Marcus Smart and all this stuff. That's not really any different than a heat package of like Tyler Hero and every pick under the sun. That's not really that different than like a Sixers package of like Tyrese Maxey and whatever, right. whatever, and every pick under the sun. It's just like, you know, it's just not that different. So I think the the Wizards would probably do that and then say to the Celtics, like, we will trade you Bradley Beal, but like your price is Jalen Brown. You know, take it or leave it because we can get this from anybody else. From the Wizards perspective, there's no point in doing anything but that. And if that is the Celtics offer, all that stuff, then the Warriors offering seven and 14 is a better offer anyway. And they get their own young guys who they get to choose from. And like, um, I I think the one thing, the only way, like, I think the one shred of hope that I think Celtics fans could have that Jalen Brown would not be the price is that Beal is the one who could do that. Like you said, Nicole, he could make that request. Like that's really the only way it could happen. Now, the other thing about Bradley Beal is that he strikes me as somebody who actually does care about Washington and who probably does want to do right by them. And, you know, doing right by that is not like making sure they get the smallest package back. So I don't know, it's complicated. But I I think to me, that's the only way that a Tatum-Jalen Beal package comes together. That's kind of why I mentioned him being loyal toward Tommy Shepard and the Wizards organization before, because from all these reports, Jake Fisher, Shams, Woj, and Zach Lowe, it seems like Bradley Beal is legitimately torn. There's been a lot of reports that he's taking the weekend to kind of sort this out a little bit. I do think he's actually torn. Otherwise, I what I, want, I don't know how to say this. I don't think he would be taking this amount of time, but more than anything, just I just don't think it's... Bradley Beal's like MO to just kind of bullshit here and actually hang the Wizards out to dry a little bit. Like I actually do think there is some genuine toughness about this decision for him. I would, I would buy that there's some toughness about the decision. I kind of don't buy that he's like still really mulling it over. I feel like if this comes out, then like he's kind of made his decision and he's sort of like getting ready to let everybody down easy. Like that lines up with your theory how once a rumor starts in the NBA, there's no stopping it. That would line up and it does make a lot of sense here. (laughs) This is like the soft launch and then grand opening is going to be tomorrow or Tuesday. Yeah, that would be my guess. Then the question is, do we think the Celtics should or would give up Jalen Brown? You have an asset in Jalen Brown. Whether he's going to be a trade asset or whether he's going to be a part of your core, you just have to commit one way or the other. If Bradley Beal goes to Philadelphia or Miami, the Celtics are going to have to make some moves. Like re-signing Evan Fournier would be a good start. They need like one more like kind of splashy move in free agency to round this out and make them give them any sort of hope. And injuries happen. You never know. Like if you're a good enough team, you can make a run. They have to do something. If they're going to hang on to Jalen Brown, like, and they actually want to be title contenders, which they should want to do if they're trying to keep Jason Tatum, they have to pull something else. Otherwise, I think, sure, go all in for Bradley Beal. I think either way, though, it's about the commitment. Like, both are good options, but, like, you just have to commit to it. Like, if you're going to keep Jalen Brown, like, actually build a team around Jalen and Jason. They're saying it. Like, Brad's saying all the right things, and Ime is saying that these are, like, the two pillars. You can't just run it back, basically. That's not going to work. 
Yeah, I think if you look at this team, the only thing to the only logical kind of conclusion you could pull is that some combination of like Aaron Neesmith, Peyton Pritchard, Rob, sorry, um, you know, just like the, the good young players on this team, some combination of them are going to have to be gone because like you have to trade some of those players to bring in a veteran who you just kind of yeah. go, oh, interesting. Like that guy's pretty good. Like you have to do that. <laughs> Which is okay because you don't need half of your roster being promising yeah. young guys if you're trying to win now. Yeah. Like pick one. I do think that They're Brad Stevens the same level of good. We, we haven't seen a lot of GM Brad Stevens, but I do think he's more likely to make that move than Danny Ainge would be, who seemed to become very attached to those promising young players, especially toward the end of his tenure. Going back to the original question on whether we think they would include Jalen or not. I know I said this on an, on an episode a couple of weeks ago at the conclusion of the season, right when they lost to the Nets. I would have said, without a doubt, they're willing to include Jalen in a deal for someone like Bradley Beal. Post-Kemba trade, post-front office shakeup, post-Ime hire and press conference and listening to what Brad Stevens has to say, what Ime Udoka has to say, and seeing Woj and Zach Lowe, I don't see Brad Stevens being all that willing to put him on the table. I think he would try more so for that combination of young guys and a bunch of picks or something like that. I just think he would be more likely to do that than throw Jalen Jalen right in there right off the bat. If that's the case, like Jalen, Jason, Evan Fournier, Marcus Smart, Rob Williams, healthy Rob Williams at his potential, like that's a solid starting five. You just need to then hit on the contributors. Like you can't have a repeat of, I mean, he is an NBA champion now, but you cannot have a repeat of Jeff Teague and Tristan Thompson, basically. You know what I mean? Like you have to hit on the depth pieces. Exactly. Yeah. If, if, then if you can hit on your other rotation players, that's a good situation too. Like that's a very viable, promising situation that the franchise should be excited about. But it's like a matter of if they hit on those other moves. I think one of the reasons Zach mentioned in his segment was like, it doesn't really make sense to trade like a star for a star, but like Bradley Beal is offensively a better basketball player than Jalen Brown in terms of like commanding a double team, which we've talked about all the time. Like who would you double Bradley or Jason? Like that doesn't really present itself in the same way when it's Jalen and Jason. And then also obviously the friendship. So I do think it's not exactly like, oh, star for star swap. Like, why would you do that? I think there are some differences between the two. I think the biggest one is is Tatum. And I, I think that like the emoji on Instagram puts the Celtics in such a tough position. It's almost like they have to go get Beal because then otherwise you're starting off on the wrong foot with Tatum, who has now made it clear that he wants both Javante Green and Bradley Beal on this team. I mean, he's wilding out. <laughs> like, like if GM Tatum is ready to uh, <laughs> is ready to challenge Brad Stevens, I think. He's made it very clear that he wants both of those guys on this team. And like, I, I don't know what you do. In a vacuum, I would not trade Jalen Brown for Bradley Beal. I, I've thought about this a lot over the last like couple of weeks, basically. My position has shifted on it. In a vacuum, just good player, good player. I think Bradley Beal, like you said, he is a better offensive player. Jalen is a better defensive player by a lot. Like Jalen is younger. He has like more ceiling to him. He has a super team-friendly contract that runs through 2024. Like, he has all this stuff. But we are not in a vacuum. We're in this weird Celtics situation where their whole team is built around, like, as good as Jalen is, their team is built around Tatum. If the team is built around Tatum, the next decade of Celtics basketball is built around Tatum. And if he leaves, then the next decade of Celtics basketball comes tumbling down. I don't even think that going out and getting Bradley Beal guarantees that Tatum will stay. I, I just think that, like, it puts you in a better position. It, it, like, it gives you just a little bit more security in that regard, and you still have a good team. I, I don't know. 
I think what you just laid out is correct. Like, I don't want it to get lost that we all love Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown is a tremendous player and person. Like, this isn't against Jalen Brown. Any team, I think, would be lucky to have two versatile wings two-way wings as their core but like you said if Jason Tatum leaves and Jalen Brown stays I also don't think that would happen look this is just me guessing this is not based on anything I'm guessing Jalen Brown has sussed out that this is Jason Tatum's team I would hope so I mean I don't know how how well that would sit imagine you're in Jalen's position like would you love the, the organization making it clear over and over again that this is all Tatum like I know the organization says the right things but like everybody could tell Imagine Jalen Brown seeing the Shamrock comment. To be a fly on that wall. No, and I think like, sure, maybe it doesn't lock Tatum up guaranteed, but it shows, especially if they also sign Javante Green, we are doing whatever we can. Like we're catering to you. Like we want to make you happy. Like how much do they want to cater though? Like I I know you have to, to an extent, but do you want to get locked into what Houston got locked into with James Harden? I don't know. I don't know what the right approach is, but I'm just saying like those two moves would clearly be catering to Tatum and clearly be, well, one with Bradley Beal, like, you're still going to be really good, like, and a contender, yeah. especially if you make, like, auxiliary moves too. But you're hoping that he stays, which is obviously very important to the franchise. And I guess the other thing is that I don't think Jalen and Jason dislike each other, obviously. But, I mean, we now have, I mean, we have a bunch of people who, like, have said these guys are not, like, friends. And, I mean, we've all been in the locker room. Like, again, they don't dislike each other. Like, we've been in those locker rooms. They don't dislike each other. They just don't, they don't really hang out. And that's, and that's okay. But from the Celtics' perspective, catering to Jason Tatum makes sense. It does make sense. And they hinted at the catering. They brought Emil Jefferson in to hang out during training camp. Like they have hinted They have hinted at this catering before. So they're they're not afraid to do it. I'm curious to see if they really do end up doing major moves like that. Cause that was obviously like a training camp invite just to like go out to dinner with Tatum and hang out with him a couple of times in Brighton. But I guess what I'm getting at is it all should come back to them trying to get Tatum to stick around long-term because Jalen Brown is such a good player, but Jason Tatum has legitimate superstar potential that they need to make priority one. This could be getting like way too ahead of ourselves, but I do think they have to think about these things. Like, Will this inaction end up coming to bite them in the butt? Because unfortunately, Jalen Brown is the collateral in this. But as you mentioned, Tom, like there have been multiple reports that they're not like besties. And if they're not good enough, it's just a bunch of inaction. And Jason Tatum's there like, what am I doing here? Like, we haven't tried to make this team better. Thanks for giving me Javante, which you didn't give me Brad Beal. (laughs) Yeah. I I could just see myself elsewhere, basically. Like, there's nothing tying me to Boston if we aren't actually championship contenders. Like, I mean, like we've mentioned before, Tatum is a guy that's really well-liked. He's going to be recruited at the end of his extension. Like, there is no doubt about that. So it's like, if you've done nothing to convince him to stay, I don't blame him. And they should see that coming. Like, you look at the Bucks; They went and got Drew Holiday. They gave up a lot for that, but it got them a chance championship the Celtics are gonna have to take some sort of swing whichever side they commit to whether the swing is Bradley Beal or the swing is a Drew Holiday-esque deal where they just give up a bunch of first round picks but like they have to do something because I think the inaction is what could end up hurting them in the end Nicole you've talked about how dangerous 
sort of the indecision is. And this is the same kind of thing. You sit around the indecision that can lead you to becoming that middling team that can lead you to no man's land is a dangerous place to be. If they don't pick a path or at least take a swing or something, they could quickly end up in that no man's land. And that doesn't bode well for team success or for keeping Tatum around. You got to pick a road here at some point. That indecision is bad. Danny Ainge, I I think my my theory with Danny Ainge is that the biggest mistake he made was not picking a path. Like when he traded for Kyrie, you know, he was trying to straddle the line between like the present and the future. And then when that didn't work out, you know, what happened was then he just had Jalen and Jason. And it was like, all right, I'm just building around you guys now. But it was too late. He had already like lost all of the the future depth of like Rozier and the pick that ended up, you know, going to Cleveland that became Colin Sexton and like all of this stuff that really would have helped if you were building a team around Jalen and Jason was just gone because he had tried to straddle the two lines. And in doing so, he just ensured that the Celtics, like instead of having a championship team, you know, he had this weird mishmash. And instead of having a young team with a ton of potential and a lot of like really interesting pieces, you know, he had a team with two really interesting pieces and then a bunch of just middling, you know, stuff. Like, you know, that's tough. Like I I think Tatum being well-liked could really work out for the Celtics if he's the one doing the recruiting. But if he's not the one doing the recruiting, if there's any sniff that he's leaving, he's going to be recruited hard you mentioned that coming back to bite them so it might not bite them in the first year or the second year but like if they don't do what Tatum wants like yeah like to your point Nicole when it comes back around he's probably going to remember it it's not like he's going to completely forget he might put it aside but it's still going to kind of be there and yeah you mentioned Tatum could be a huge selling point for the Celtics that's 100% true Tatum's just going to have to want to sell people on Boston Who knows whether he's going to be interested in doing that. I think it's an important decision. And like you said, I don't think all of a sudden Tatum's going to be like out on the Celtics for the next four years. Like once this decision is made with Bradley Beal, I don't think that's going to like be a talking point each season from now. But I do think if the Celtics don't have much postseason success over the next four years, when it comes time for him to make his decision, he'll think about those instances. It's a tough spot, especially for new GM Brad. For Danny Ainge, I think he would go for it at this time. I really do. Brad Stevens, I don't know. Do we want to make our decisions if we think he's going to go to Boston? Yeah. Our Geno time draft today is not going to be a draft, but it's still going to be a Shades on Beer Company segment. So our Bradley Beal predictions, I guess, on if he's going to come to Boston or not. It's not going to be a draft format. It's just going to be our yeses and nos. It's still going to be brought to you by our friends at Shades on Beer Company, the makers of the Geno Time Stout. I recently tried, along with my brother-in-law, the Juice Fountain 3, which is one of their other beers outside of the Geno Time Stout. Very good. My brother-in-law... I'd classify him as a beer aficionado, was a huge fan. So try the Juice Fountain 3 in addition to the delicious Geno Time Stout. You could try these beers down in West Kingston, Rhode Island at the Shades on Beer Garden and Tasting Room. So check that out if you're a Celtics fan in Rhode Island. And if you're a Celtics fan in New England, keep an eye out for Shades on Beer Company products. All right. So for our draft today, we're all going to take a, we're all going to pick a side basically on two different topics. The first one should the Boston Celtics trade for Bradley Beal and all of that that implies. Uh, Follow-up question, do we think the Celtics will? Like, do we think that Bradley Beal will end up on the Celtics? Nicole, I know you're going to get to go first, uh, so why don't you lead things off here? 
I think the Celtics should do it. I think that's tough because, again, Jalen Brown, great player, great person, nothing against Jalen Brown, but it's Bradley Beal. Offensively, he is superior. Bradley Beal and Jason Tatum would be a tough duo. Yeah, he doesn't play defense. However, I do think he is athletic and capable enough to play some defense. He has expressed interest prior to entering the health and safety protocols and being a lockdown defender. He wanted to do that for Team USA. I think he is capable of being a defender, and I think that's like not a lost cause. But most importantly, like we've stressed all episode, I mean all year, you got to keep Jason Tatum happy. I think that would be a step in accomplishing that. And I think there are other ways you can still augment the roster because you're giving up little else. Hopefully you can still work one of those ancillary moves. You re-sign Fournier, you keep smart. Hopefully Rob reaches his full potential. Like, I still think that's a good team. I say they should do it. I don't think it's going to happen, though. I just don't think it will end up happening. It's too soon. Timeline's too tight. New GM, Brad. Again, if it were Danny, I feel like we would be hearing reports already escalated and things like that. But given the circumstances, I say they should, but it will not happen. So the first question, mine is actually going to be almost a perfect mirror image of Nicole's. I don't think they should do it. And I don't have like a great reason why. (laughs) Like, I I guess my honest to God reason is just like, because Jalen Brown is really good. It's some nebulous answer. Like I don't have like a ton of backing for it because all the things that Nicole said are exactly right, which is the reason why I think the Celtics might do it. Like, I think they might do it. Another reason why I think they should do it that I didn't list, like Tatum has made his stance clear. Yeah. No, it's... I guess why I'm bringing that up is because that could also be a reason for you and why you think they're going to do it is because Tatum has made his stance clear. That, that's what complicates it for sure. I mean, and that, and that basically it secures what you're saying, Nicole, is that like, if, if you, like, if you want to feel good about your standing with Tatum, I think the thing about Beal is that he feels like a real security blanket with Tatum, right? You're like, okay, at least we have the Tatum thing covered. <laughs> You know, because we went out and got Bradley Beal and we did what he wanted. And I'm like, I I get that. And and I still am just kind of like, yeah, but what if Jalen's really good like next year? And what if Tatum's really good next year? And what if the two of them just kind of work on on the floor? What if, I I don't know. I mean, I I just, I guess I'm just a, I I think, I I don't know what exactly the risk is, but there is risk in in trading him for Bradley Beal. And, um, you know, Beal is a superior offensive player. I'm not sure how much better an overall player he is than Jalen Brown. I think he's a little better, but I don't know that it's like cavernous and Jalen Brown is a lot younger. So I don't know. I don't think I would do it, but I can 100% see every rationale for doing it, which is why I kind of think the Celtics might. You pose like, okay, what's the risk in trading Jalen Brown? If they trade Jalen Brown for Bradley Beal and then if this doesn't work. Dear Lord. Exactly. <laughs> like, so I think that's wasteland for a decade. Exactly. And people, there's already those narratives surrounding Boston as a free agent destination and all that stuff. So I think that's the risk is if it doesn't work out, if Tatum doesn't still doesn't end up staying, which I think that would be a very low likelihood. Like, I don't think that's going to happen, to be honest, but there is a risk in that. The risk is very high. And Tom, I think you're spot on in saying that I think a lot of people who say, you know, it's Bradley Beal, you have to trade for Bradley Beal. Like the talent gap isn't as big as those people say it is. Jalen Brown's a really good all-around player. Bradley Beal's deficiencies on the defensive end make them closer to even than I think a lot of people realize they actually are. And yeah, if they trade for Bradley Beal by sending out Jalen Brown and it doesn't work out, it is ugly for the foreseeable future. Very, very ugly. So the risk is super high. 
That being said, I'm going to side more on Nicole's side of things here, just because it kind of goes back to what we were saying before. You got to take your swings one Mm -hmm. because we've seen what's happened with other teams. And even sometimes the Celtics, when they stick in that middle ground and you end up in no man's land, it's a dangerous spot. Bradley Beal, that fit makes a lot of sense with the Celtics. He is a really good off ball scorer. I know you're getting rid of Jalen Brown, who is a tremendous all around player and has a super high ceiling. He's still going to get better and better over the next couple of years. So there implies the risk we were just talking about. But I think if you have the opportunity to get an off-ball scorer like Bradley Beal, who really does fit nicely next to Tatum, not just because they're best friends, but also because he's a terrific off-ball scorer, I think you take your swing and you have to do it. Also for that latter point, because he's his best friend, you do have to prioritize Jason Tatum and prioritize him long-term on this team. Yeah, we checked off the Tatum thing. That's kind of important. I think that's kind of important. And again, I don't like the prospect of trading Jalen Brown at all, but I like the prospect of bringing in Bradley Beal, shoring up Tatum's future with the team and getting that off-ball, premier off-ball score alongside of him. That being said, I don't think Brad Stevens is going to do it. I just don't see it. The timing, everything Nicole said is spot on. The, the timing just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense for them, I don't think. I guess my counter to this, the funny thing is that I disagree with you guys on the will they so it's like so it's weird that, so it's like a yeah. weird argument here I, I i think the counter to the will they is it's not like the celtics haven't been having these conversations it's not like the, this is the first time it has occurred to them oh man what if we what if we had to trade jalen brown for <laughs> like they, like, i promise they've talked about this more than we have like i think they've probably made their calculus you know as a front office i think that if if beal becomes available they will probably know yes, we're going to give up Jalen Brown or no, we're not going to give up Jalen Brown. They probably made that decision at this juncture. So yeah, yeah it's coming up at a weird time and it's coming up fast, but like, and I, and I know I'm counter countering what I literally, what I said at the beginning of this podcast, <laughs> they probably know. And, and Grant, I'm just real quick to, to piggyback off one of your points about fit. There is a lot of truth in that. Like, like Jalen Brown is not far behind Bradley Beal as a basketball player, if he is behind him, but like, you know, sometimes it isn't about that. Sometimes it is about fit. And if that's what the Celtics decide, then I, you know, I guess, I guess I, I can certainly see that if they think that the fit with Beal, the on court fit is better. And you get the off court stuff with Tatum, like you get to lock down both of those things, you know, sure. Like that makes a lot of sense to me. I think the fact that we can both totally see each other's points goes to show that the Celtics have two really good options in front of them, but they have to commit. Again, Mm -hmm. you can't just straddle this line. Like, okay, are you going to trade for Bradley Beal and build this team? Or are you going to make Jalen and Jason the core and really make them the core though? Add pieces that complement them. Like they just have to pick a side though. That's so true. The next week is the moment of truth for the Celtics. Low key, this is one of the biggest week. Like if Bradley Beal requests a trade, which we all think he's going to, this is one of the biggest weeks of the next literally decade. For the, the fork Celtics. in the road. It's, it's, it's legitimately a huge fork in the road, which is fascinating because yeah, like either one makes sense. But you have to choose one. And like, if you keep Jalen Brown, then what you're saying is like Jalen Brown is not available for any like a mid-level superstar. So he's not available for Damian Lillard. You are the Jalen and Jason team. And for better or worse, you hope that Jason wants to stick around for that. But like we've said it before, Tatum has no real connection to Boston. He doesn't, I don't think he particularly cares that he's hooping in Boston. You can make him care. What a stretch this is going to be. This is going to be a, a fascinating, uh, fascinating week here. 
I do want to make one last point, which is that even though Brad and Ime in their press conferences have been saying like, yeah, Jason and Jalen are the pillars. Everything we do is to compliment them. I don't take that as any indication of their plans. I don't take that as a reflection of what is to come in the future. At one point, we were having press conferences talking about the pairing of Gordon Hayward and Isaiah Thomas. They're just going to talk about what's in the now. And I don't think like them stating that precludes them from any sort of move. They've been saying all the right things, but I just don't view that really as a factor, I guess, in this decision. I think that's fair. What else are they supposed to say, right? They're not going to go out there and say, yeah, yeah, Jason is the building block and we might trade Jalen. I don't know. But say Bradley Beal comes out this week and does request a trade, right? The Celtics know that they hold, they hold the key. It is far and above the best package. So if Bradley Beal is on the market, if he does end up requesting a trade this week, the Celtics know damn well that if they want to, they have the best package out there. It's just going to be fascinating to see if they're willing to part ways with that. You know, if they were able to just say to the Wizards, like, look, we're going one for one. Puts Tommy Shepard in a tough spot. I honestly think in the end he would have to take, Tommy Shepard would have to take it. And if you do that, then the Celtics still have their entire, you know, like they don't have like, you know, a ton of like superstar young guys, but they do, then they keep all their young guys. They keep all their future picks. If they want to go try to get a third guy, you know, if there's somebody who wants to play with Beal and Tatum, there is that. And if they don't do that, then they, you know, then it's a little precarious, but then they get to employ Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum for the foreseeable future. Like both pathways are good as long as they pick one, but they have to pick one and they have to commit hard to it immediately. All right, guys, I think we can leave it there. Thank you everybody for listening. Thank you everybody for rating and reviewing. Thank you to anybody who uh, gets in touch with us. Please feel free. Any questions, comments, or concerns, you know where to find us. And we will talk to you all again later this week.